0: welcome to the people's table thank you for joining us today hi Lydia thank you very much for having me okay so I'm just gonna go straight into our questions um can you tell our friends a little bit about yourself
1: I am an English teacher I teach English and media studies I've been teaching for 15 years in the UK have always taught in London was born and bred in London from um, my parents are nigerian but i've lived in the uk all my life i enjoy traveling um i'm a people's person i like people today we are speaking
0: with alicia because she's an expat teacher and i wanted her to share her experience um for those who are thinking of taking on that journey so um can you tell us um which country um apart from the uk that you've taught in and for our long
1: I taught in Nassau Bahamas for a year. Um I will have to say that my journey to Nassau was probably a little bit more unconventional than most because it's not something that I did on I'm not gonna say that I did with intention. It's something that an opportunity came up and I just took the opportunity. It wasn't something that I planned to do. Um so I planned to be there for a year but I was only no I planned to be there for two years but I managed a year.
0: Okay. Um, so you said it was, um, it just sort of came up, uh, what influenced um, your decision to move to another country? Because, you know, most people are trying to move to the UK. So what influenced your decision to
1: move away from the UK? I think for me, as I've said, one of my real passions is travel and in particular I really love the Caribbean and as a teacher in the UK I feel as though my role as a teacher is not necessarily as respected within the actual profession I don't think society takes my position that seriously I think things might have changed now that COVID has come along though but as a teacher it's not a profession that people walk into lightly and it's definitely not a profession that you do because of the money and it got to a point in my career where I felt as though I was ready to leave teaching here, but I love what I do. I love to teach. So I just looked at different opportunities and thought, well, rather than leaving the profession, maybe there's something else that you can do or somewhere else that you can go. And that's when I started looking at teaching overseas. And initially I looked at sort of um, places like Thailand and Singapore, but my heart has always been to be in the Caribbean and Initially, I'd started looking at other islands, but the job in the Bahamas came up and I just so happened to go for the job and I got it. I didn't think I'd get it. And when I got it, I cried because I thought, what have I just done? <laughs> but it was the best decision at the, for me at the time. And, I, you know, it was something that everybody that knows me knows that that's something that I've always wanted to do. So that's how I basically got to the Bahamas
0: um okay so from your response i've got two questions my um first question is how did you actually learn about the job in the bahamas and my second question is you said you've always wanted to go to the caribbean what what has um brought that on um because your parents are nigerian you're born in, and raised in london and you were looking at the far heat um far east so what made you um what was the influence behind the caribbean
1: okay the first question about the job i actually just found the job on the test website the times educational supplement and there's always jobs advertised uh for places like cayman islands the bahamas is something that has always been a running joke in my classroom with my children when they get on my nerves i'm like i could be somewhere in the bahamas signing myself instead of teaching you guys and then when the job came up I was like oh maybe that's a sign so I applied like I said I did my little bit of research there were some sort of red flags about it but I thought I'm somebody that learns from my own experience and not necessarily from what other people have experienced so I just took the chance and I applied for it and like I said was shocked when I got the job Um, it's not an island that I had visited either so that in itself was probably a bit brave for me to do I must say um but I'm one of those people that unless I try it's always going to be a niggling thought in the back of my mind so I had to just go for it really okay. the second question with regards to sorry do you want me to no 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 so the second question you asked Yes. Yeah. okay so the second question that you asked about what is it about the Caribbean yes my parents are from Nigeria I am African through and through uh, I think first and foremost, being a black person in the UK, going to countries where you are in the majority is something that's always been, it's always, sorry, been, how can I put it? It's something that I've loved to experience. So I haven't been to Nigeria as an adult. I went as a child, got some really bad experiences, memories, I should say, which I know I need to overcome. But because my parents don't go back very often, it's not country that i have visited as an adult and got to experience what life is like there now um being an independent traveler i have been to several countries as well, and the caribbean happens to be one of my favorite areas because people look like me i feel comfortable there i feel welcome there i feel that there's this um mutual respect as a black woman and a black person being in a country where people like i said look like me and I like me visually I should say because obviously there's going to be some cultural differences yes. and I think also because yeah but I think also because a lot of my friends in the UK are from different Caribbean islands and I grew up around I grew up around a lot of people from Caribbean backgrounds the transition for me to the Caribbean hasn't been or wasn't very difficult because I was familiar with a lot of the culture culture and you know the language and just generally how things sort of work and how people um, are in the Caribbean. And not saying that every Caribbean island is the same, because it really isn't. The Bahamas is very different to the other Caribbean islands that i visited. And to a certain degree, one of the reasons why I kind of left earlier than I planned to was because it wasn't Caribbean enough for me. And yeah, it might be a little bit controversial, the statement that I just made, but that was my experience. It just lacked the sort of level of culture that I'd experienced in other islands that I've been to.
0: Okay, fair enough. Your experience is your experience. So, you know, you Absolutely. can only talk about your experience. Um, okay, so um, my next question is, Do you, would you say there's a difference between um, interviewing for a local job and interviewing for an international job? Um, is, there, do, is there a difference between the two?
1: My experience is different in the sense that with um, a, interviewing for a job within the UK, um, things like some of the terminology that you use is more recognised. Um, some of the experiences that you may speak of with regards to the post that you're applying for, they're easier to, to explain in, with somebody who lives within the UK. Also with a UK um, interview, you have the interview and you have to generally teach as part of your interview process. Now with my particular job and application for the Bahamas, I had to teach a class and video it and send the video to the school, who then looked on it. But there wasn't really much feedback on the actual teaching practice that they saw. There was a little bit, but not very much. The kind of questions that they asked from what I can remember, it feels like it was a long time ago now. Were it was more of sort of general questions that I think could be covered over different subjects. Whereas being interviewed in the UK, most interviews that I've had are very, very subject specific, and towards the end they may have sort of general questions that are relevant to teaching as a whole. I think the interviews that I had for my overseas post was more to do with your role as a teacher as a whole and not necessarily as a subject teacher so that's from what I remember those are the key differences
0: okay thank you okay so um what were your biggest struggles living abroad
1: can I be completely honest (laughs) not having asos delivery that was my biggest struggle (laughs) not being able to retail therapy that was my hardest 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 transition it was hard i'm somebody who wakes up and and clicks on my asos um app and orders things at 2 a.m in the morning because they've just come back into stock and not being able to do that was hard um how i combated that though because the bahamas is quite close to the u.s so I'd have a trip to the to Florida, I had a trip to um, New York. That was one of the hardest things, I have to say. Um, second hardest thing was grocery shopping. It's expensive. It's expensive. It, grocery shopping is hard. It's expensive in the Caribbean. And in, in Bahamas, it was really, really expensive. And also just having a certain level of pro- produce and um, a certain quality of produce. I'm person I like food I'm not necessarily a big foodie but I like to to shop well and to shop relatively not cheaply but not to spend the whole of my monthly wage on my food so I found that hard um those are sort of quite superficial things but I think the thing that I found hardest the most was being able to trust people That was my big struggle. In the UK, I have my network of friends who know me, they know my character, they know how I am. And having to basically make that adjustment to a place where nobody knows you, you don't know who to talk to, who not to talk to, who's going to stab you in the back, who's not going to stab you in the back, who can you trust with information, who can you lean on. And my friends are like family to me. So being able to, I mean, being in a position where, I haven't got anybody that I 100% trust and depend on and go to. I mean, in the end, obviously, I built friendships, which I still have now. um, Because once you sort of reach certain points in your journey, you realise at some point you are going to have to trust somebody. You are going to have to be able to communicate with people and explain to them how you're feeling. And I've got quite a big personality in the sense that what you see is what you get with me. And not everybody can take that. So I struggled a lot with, how can I put it, just being able, people just understanding who I am and not putting up my, not being pretentious or not putting up airs and graces. Like I said, I'm very black and white. What you see is what you get and it's not necessarily appreciated in some places. And I think that for me was one of the biggest struggles, um, just being able to have, or missing my network of friends and family and the trust that I have with them. So, yeah, those are my key struggles, I think.
0: Okay. Okay, so on a personal level, what do you wish you knew
1: before moving abroad? I wish I knew the best ways to integrate into a community that allows you to still keep your roots with your expat friends, but still integrate within the community itself. I mean, I had a friend who was able to do that a lot better than me because she goes to church. And she found, and I found that that was probably one of the best things that she had for her to to make friends on the island and not necessarily just hang out with all of the expats. Um, So, yeah, I think for me, I would have found it really, really helpful just knowing ways in which to integrate within the community so that I'm not restricted to just being with the expats. Because, yes, as much as it's lovely having people that sort of understand and recognise where you come from, the whole point of being in another country is for you to, to learn the other culture and to integrate within the society that you're now in. So that is one of the key things that I think I would have found really helpful.
0: Okay, um, how would you say um, teaching abroad? What's the difference um, you found um, teaching abroad to teaching
1: in the UK? The level of respect to the, of, I mean, for the profession, being a teacher, and this doesn't necessarily—it's not always good, but being a teacher, you have this level of respect. Within, um, I can only say where I taught from. So in the Bahamas, being a teacher, it was highly respected. Your profession was highly respected. And there was this level of, um, how can I put it? There was this expectation of you to behave a particular way, to conduct yourself a particular way, to dress a particular way, to speak a particular way. I struggled with this because I felt that it was very, I I did struggle because I felt that it was very, uniform and very you had to toe the line on everything and I as a person I struggle with conforming and I struggle with tradition so being a teacher and it was you know you was held up in high regard not some people love that for me it was a struggle because being on a small island everybody knew everybody's business for one and as a teacher it's like you weren't supposed to be out drinking and partying and dancing on tables because you could lose your job tomorrow. Not that I did that. I didn't do that, but I know people that have done it. It wasn't me, but I'd heard that people had been done that and their jobs were, were, were compromised. So, um, and also because it, it depends on where you are. If you're in a place that's smaller like the Bahamas, you'd go out and see your students and it's like, oh, this is a bit awkward, you're at a nightclub and your students are here, or you're at a bar and your student, hey miss, I'm like, oh God, no, this is not what it's supposed to be like. So um, that part of it was a bit of a struggle for me, and yeah, it's nice that the, the role is respected, it's nice that as a teacher you're finally given that respect that you're giving. you know, they have National Teachers Day and stuff like that, and that I think is absolutely wonderful, but the, the sort of um, transition from your own personal life to being a teacher I felt that it overlapped a lot and that was my struggle my thing is I am a teacher during these hours and after teaching I'm me and it's almost as if there was this um, expectation that no once a teacher you're always a teacher regardless of what you're doing or where you are you represent the school unfortunately i don't believe in that i represent me i don't represent the school after hours so that was my struggle most definitely
0: um what about um inside the classroom um did you find it different um to um the uk classroom was it any different to a bahamas classroom
1: um some aspects are different children are children and there's always going to be children that want to defy you there's children that want to be lazy there are children that are not going to do the work like you've asked them to do there are going to be children that expect you to do more than you should be doing as a teacher um but ultimately I found the children far more respectful in um the classrooms in the Bahamas I mean I taught at a private school I don't know whether or not state schools are slightly different but they were far more respectful um they were more willing to sort of have a have a relationship with their teacher that wasn't just strictly teacher you know this is who I am you don't need to know anything from me I'm just here to teach they were far more sort of there was more give and take of the students I felt in the Bahamas so they would not want to know when your birthday was so that you'd come in and you know there'd be a card on the table or you know, there'd be cake done for you, or they'd want to know what your family history is. You have children. I don't know whether or not that's also because they know you're an expat teacher and they know that your family probably aren't with you. So I found them really more compassionate than I do well than I have found some of the students in the UK. Not all of my students, because my students in the UK have also been quite compassionate. And I don't know whether or not that's just because of the way that I conduct myself with them. Um One of the key things that I think was really different in the classroom in the Bahamas was the way that I taught. I became more of a sort of robotic teacher. Everything was taught to sort of generic texts. And I struggled with this because as a trainee teacher in the UK, you were told to sort of do all singing, all dancing lessons. And, you know, you have to have different, you have to differentiate. and, And all of that just went out the window. And it was, oh, my God, I had a blackboard like a chalkboard I should say sorry politically correct I had a chalkboard I didn't have a powerpoint I had to go back to basics and at first it was really hard I thought what do you mean I don't have an interactive whiteboard what am I supposed to do um I quickly adapted and I think being able to adapt like that has actually strengthened my teaching just generally I'm able to adapt more quickly because of that experience and I think that has made me a stronger teacher um, some things I felt were really just not appropriate for 2000 and whatever it was 2016 still doing paper registers and um, yeah there were some basics that I thought you could move on by now the technology's <laughs> there, you should be moving on by now, why are you making us do this, why are you making these children do this, this makes no sense and obviously as you can tell that I found quickly that that particular school wasn't for me and the way that certain things were run they they just kind of made you work harder and not smarter and makes some sense to me so yeah it's a good thing I don't really have the job there now. I'll probably be sacked but anyway yes that's that, that's what I would say were the key differences um between the the school that I was at and what I'm used to doing in the UK
0: um, okay, um, so you've said that being there has helped you to to um, to be more adaptive um, to your environment. Um, can you say how you have developed professionally
1: from your experience? I've learned how to work smarter, and I've I think having worked so hard at the school that I was at. I've learned to work more effectively because I had to learn to work effectively in order to get through the long hours that I worked in that particular school and it's things where it's not necessarily finding shortcuts but it is finding a way to make something easier for myself while still being able to teach my students and I think during the COVID times I've had to do exactly the same I've had to adapt I've had to to teach online I've had to change resources so that the students are able to basically learn more independently um so I would say that for me being put in a situation where you're forced to work in a particular way and you don't necessarily agree with the way in which you're being forced to work without being sort of rude and condescending I had to find a way of saying to My superiors, that have you thought of maybe working slightly different? Because this is not working for me. I don't know if it's working for other teachers. And I think in the school that I worked at, there was a lot of fear culture. A lot of people didn't want to speak up. People didn't necessarily agree with the way in which things are done, but nobody wanted to speak up. And I think sort of the rebel in me, I was very much for I'm going to speak up because you're making me do something that technically could have been done in an hour and it's taken me six hours to do and I'm not going to get those five hours back and that's five hours I can be on the beach so I need to tell you that this is not working um but yeah I had to kind of just say it quite politely and I think because I did have good relationships with the senior um members of the team it was easy for me to sort of approach things I didn't necessarily approach everything that I felt was um wasn't being done effectively. I just felt really strongly about the fact that this particular school go out of their way to employ teachers from overseas and they never utilised our skills as overseas teachers. So it was a matter of trying to sort of incorporate what I learned from teaching in the UK and trying to adapt it to, ne- to, to working in the Bahamas. It wasn't always appreciated, it wasn't always taken on board and some things I had to do sneakily just to make sure that you know i could work in a way that was good for me and still get the same results and the same outcomes that they wanted um so i suppose being able to also approach things with senior leadership that has helped me along the way so i'm not as scared now to approach um, a situation with my senior member of staff and say well can we review this can we think about another way in which we can do that so it's given me the confidence to do that which i think is brilliant. Um, and it's also made me focus more on the outcome and not necessarily the method. So it's like, how do I get, no, in actual fact, let me take that back. It's made me focus on both the outcome and the method because as teachers, we're asked to get all these grades from these students and some organisations only want you to use one particular method to get there. My thing is that, as they say, there are several ways to skin a cat if I can find a different um, method, then why not let me do that method? If the outcome is still going to be the same, and I think I've had one head teacher in this school who, in, not in this school, in the school that I've worked at in the UK, who was really, really good at that. Her thing was, this is what I want at the end. I don't care how you get it done, but this is how I want it, what I want to be the result. And I think for me as a teacher, I think that particular um, style of working is conducive for the, for a good a good outcome for me and a good sort of working relationship for me, my students and my colleagues. So yeah.
0: Okay. Um what would you say um to people who are looking to teach abroad? What would your advice to them be?
1: Do your research. Do your research do your research do your research research on the country research on the type of schools that there are if you can find any forums anything online where you've got any feedback from teachers that have worked in um that particular country or that particular school see if you can contact them get some first-hand experience from them i would say it's really really helpful to you for you to have visited the country prior to your application because I, in actual fact, I feel that if i had visited the Bahamas, I probably would never have applied for a job there. Um, So I really, really think it's it's not necessary, and it depends on the kind of person that you are, but the kind of person I am, I think it was necessary for me. It would have been better for me to visit the country prior to accepting the actual job or prior to actually applying for the job. Um, But yeah, I would say research is important, preparation is important. Now, depending on what you're sort of giving up in your home country, like I literally had to pack up everything and, you know, rent out my flat. And it was quite traumatic. It was it was quite hard for me to sort of pack up my whole life. And, you know, it was my home. I never bought my home to be rented. It was my home and to have somebody else else live there. It was quite traumatic for me. And it was hard work because you don't realise how much stuff you accumulate and key thing if you're going to do it start ridding yourself getting rid of things that you don't need because i'm somebody that rocked up to the bahamas with six suitcases in tow not all at one time i had some shipped over i had a friend bring one over but i left the uk with three suitcases of stuff that clearly i didn't need um so if you're going to if you're going to think if you're thinking sorry of going abroad start decluttering get rid of stuff that you don't need try and streamline it and I'm just talking from practicality because I still don't know how to do that but you do you don't need 18 pairs of trainers you don't need 65 pairs 65 sandals you don't need 3 million swimsuits you don't need all of those things and when you go abroad you realize how much little you actually need and there are some things that obviously you should take that toiletry is really expensive. stock up on things like toiletries um and things that you know that you are not going to be able to readily get over where you're going. I would say stock up on those things things like clothes and shoes. you can find a way of getting those things they're not necessarily that important for you to take other than the clothing you're gonna need for work. It's probably really important. that's one of the key things'cause depending on where you are, they may be more conservative in their dress than they are here. And that was one of my struggles because the Bahamas was specifically very conservative for teachers. And I'm more of a relaxed kind of that I'm not saying I'm untidy. I'm extremely tidy and I love to, to look nice. But I don't necessarily like to wear, you know, formal dresses and high heels. That's not me. And, and that was a struggle for me. So, yeah, just just do your research, do your research, visit, declutter. Those are my key things, I'd say. and something that I'm going to learn to do for the future.
0: (laughs) I totally agree um, with that response. Um, What was the initial, um, how was it with your paperwork and getting a visa? How did you find that process?
1: the actual um, process is pretty straightforward time scales they're not straightforward because people don't work as effectively as you'd like them to work so getting things like um, a police report from the uk was really simple you pay your money you send it off it comes back it is when you're depending on things like your visa from the other side that takes that took longer or because of time differences you're sending stuff and then you're not getting responses back until I don't know, a couple of days later when it could have literally just been an immediate response. Um, So I didn't really have that much problems. And because the school sorted out the actual visa for me, I just needed to make sure that I got all the paperwork um, sent to them. What I will say, though, if you are thinking of um, doing exactly the same thing or doing something similar, working abroad, photocopy everything. So I left basically with a binder of photocopies of all the things that I've sent off to the school and all the things that I'd had to get sent off here. So I, I probably had two copies of everything and passport photos try and get sort of duplicates of those as well. So like I said it wasn't I think give yourself enough time when you're asked for the when you're asked to do the paperwork just get it done straight away because the longer you leave it the longer it takes because what you'll find is you're not the only person that's applying at that time because most organizations will be employing several people several expats from different countries so everybody's paperwork is going to be dealt with at the same time so just get in there as early as possible
0: would you do it again and if uh, you would do it again why would you do it again regardless of your you've had some negative um experiences what would make you do it again
1: Life is short and the UK has been my home since I was born. I don't, I do obviously know a difference because I've lived abroad now, but it's getting to the point where me personally, I'm kind of just bored of being in the one place. Um, And I feel that there's so much more to offer out there in the world. And with a profession like teaching, you'd be stupid if you just limited yourself to the one country because you've got so much to offer other people and you've got so much to learn from other people and other cultures. So for me, I'm, like I said, my big people person and I love being around people from different places and different countries and learning different cultures. So that'd be my one reason for doing this again. And two, I love to travel. Um, I love my job. There's nothing keeping me in the UK, apart from my friends and my family, obviously, but you know, technology helps to kind of, um, It makes it easier being away from friends and family it's not it's not easy but having technology does make it easier and i'm just up for an adventure life can get boring if you just stay in one place um, all the time and i'm not going to stop myself from doing something just because i've had a few bad experiences or i've had a bad experience i'm not going to stop myself because no two places are the same i think what's important is that i learn the good and the bad from my experience and then I'm able to take that on to the next destination so yes absolutely i will do this again and i will be doing this again 100
0: would you encourage others to do it
1: yes completely so long as they're not increasing i'm encroaching on, on, on my plans and they're not going to get the job yeah. that i want i'm joking they're not taking the job <laughs> don't take my job just don't don't take my job don't don't take it but no not absolutely i'm forever encouraging i mean my son's grown and he took a um he did a course in teaching English as the foreign language after asking me when I was the way I was I think I was in Thailand at the time and I just got this random call and I was like mum I'm thinking of doing this what do you think just do it son nothing's gonna stop you got no no tires here and then within months he passed the course and then he got accepted on into a school in um Korea, but because of Covid he hasn't been able to go so I'm encouraging him, my nieces, go and do what you've got to do. My nephew, go, I encourage everybody. You, life is not meant to be just lived in one place. It's just not. Why would we have a whole world out there if you're just meant to be sat in one place It'd be pointless?
0: What would you have done differently?
1: I think one of the key things that I did that I would definitely do differently is, Um, I got into a relationship quite quickly when I arrived on the island. And I think for me, that limited quite a lot of my independent sort of, um, how can I put it? The independent, the things that I would have learned independently. When you're with somebody who is from the place that you've moved to, you learn sort of secondhand the things that you're supposed to learn. And it's almost as though you've got this safety net of somebody who is able to protect you from certain things going wrong, or is able to advise you and able to show you. And I think I'm super independent. So part of it was really conflicting for me being able to be guided in a particular way without having to find out myself. So 100%, my intention when I do this again is not to get into a relationship very quickly and to live, try and sort of find things out independent, as, as independently as possible with the help of people, and but not necessarily be sort of um, dependent on a particular person. And even if you're not intending on being dependent, you find yourself becoming dependent because you're with this person. So for me, I think that would be one of my, the things that I would probably never do again. Definitely. I'll try my hardest <laughs> to just stay single, stay independent and learn things um, my way. You know, I think it's really important for me. I thought it was really important for me and still is very important for me to integrate, as I said before, within the community. And the good aspect of having somebody um, close to you that is from the country that you're in is that, yes, you do have this sort of real not to 60 um experience of the place. But it can be good and bad because and that's just the situation I found myself in. But that would be the key thing that I would change, I think. Definitely. And not to pack so much stuff. I won't pack so much stuff if I ever ever go again. I'm just gonna try to limit the amount of yeah, maybe four suitcases this time, not six. I'm gonna try and limit that. How is that
0: how is that any
1: different?
0: Oh my days.
1: Um okay. four suitcases, you mean? Yeah. I I was- extra two suitcases. <laughs> yeah. yeah, four's good. Four's good. Six is a bit expensive.
0: Yeah, I don't need I don't need the, the summer quilt. Yeah, I think you probably have somewhat answered this question to an extent. What would you say are the do's and don'ts to anyone looking
1: to go teach in the Bahamas? Do's and don'ts. Make sure you research a school. Whatever school you go to, make sure you research it. If you decide that you want to um, work in a private school, make sure you research that school. Very different from the state schools. I've been told, I didn't work at a state school, but I've been told, be very, very careful where in the island that you live, because the Bahamas is one of those um, islands that people don't realize that there is this underlying. Um, the crime's high there you know you get other countries that people assume that the crime is high because we're told all the time but some for some reason the Bahamas gets underneath the under the radar but research the area that you're going to live in absolutely um because you have to make sure that you're safe and just be aware that it isn't just beautiful beaches and um yeah, it's more than just beautiful beaches. There is crime. There's 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 gun crime, there's knife crime. There's yeah, that was one of the key reasons that I left to be honest with you. I never felt safe there. That was my key reasons. But if you're looking to go to the Bahamas, visit before you apply for a job, go and visit, spend a little bit of time there, get your bearings so that you know what it's like, where your school where the schools are in relation to, I don't know, the supermarkets or where people live. I would say go and visit. And in fact, there was um one of the people that um was in my cohort of teachers in the year that I I went. When she got the job, she actually did take a week out and went there, and she she had a recce of the place. um She looked at where she'd like to live, and at first we just thought, "You spent money? That's a waste of money. Why would you do that?" In hindsight, she did the absolute best thing, completely did the best thing. She's still out there now in the sunshine while I'm here in the cold. Yeah, and she made the best choices for her. But everything's not for everybody, but she made the best choice for her. But she was able to do that having gone, I think she spent like, what we you found out in February? And I think she may have gone in the Easter or something like that. And she just did a week out there. And she found out everything that she needed to do. And she came back and just got it done. So when she arrived, she knew certain places. She right. knew where to, Yes, yeah, so she knew where to go. She didn't She didn't start from scratch like the rest of us. And at first, like I said, we all looked at her and just thought, oh, you're a bit extra. Why are you doing that? She became one of my best mates there. Still love her now. She, me and her are still friends. And I had to take my hat off to her. She did the right thing. She really did. So if you have the opportunity, go and visit. Do your recce. Work out how much money you're going to need. Work out how much your job pays and what your rent's going to be like. Do all the practical things. How much it will be for a car? Is the transport safe? All those things, all the practical things. Make a list and then just go and find these things out. Okay. So you've just
0: um, mentioned um, salary and my next question is actually about salary. Um, How did you go about negotiating um, your salary? Um, You know, was that easy? Was it straightforward? Was it a set salary? Were you able to negotiate your salary? How did that go? Um, It
1: was a set salary and I think in the end, because of my experience, they were able to give me a little bit more. But I didn't necessarily negotiate from what I remember. I don't ne- don't think I necessarily negotiated, but I think from what was being advertised and what I got was slightly different because they felt that I had this level of experience. So we're willing to give you, I don't know, X amount more. So I never had to negotiate. However, I do know people that have negotiated and it has been a sort of back and forth, back and forth. And I think it's a justification of these are my skills. This is what I bring to the table. What can you do for me? You have to, unlike in the UK, they kind of expect you to negotiate. There's this level of, they're prepared for you to say, can I have that a bit more? And uh, having a bit experienced it, if you don't ask, you don't get. So I would ask personally, if you feel that they they're not paying you, As much as there could be, I will definitely ask. And because a lot of the negotiation is done by email, it's less intimidating than just looking them in the face and saying, Give me more money, please. So you're able to sort of send an email and say, Well, do you realize that I have an MA in blah, 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 blah? This may be worth a little bit more. So yeah, I would say definitely ask more money. And what I did find in this particular school is that there was a large disparity with what they offered teachers. So I was being paid the same as somebody who'd only just been, only just started teaching. I found out before I left, which made no sense to me. It's like, so I've been teaching for X amount of years. This is an NQT, and you're paying her the same. And then to find out that somebody who's not even teaching stuff was also being paid the same as me or more. So there was, sometimes it's your face, if your face fits and they like you and you wear the right dress and your makeup's on point. They will give you more money. This is my experience. I'm really sorry. The whole of the Bahamas is not like this. (laughs) That's how I felt. You know, you're dressed in a particular way. Yeah, they're coming for me. I don't care. It's cool. I'm here. You can't do anything to me. It's fine. But yeah, I just felt that if your face fit and you were willing to to be more accommodating and to toe the line and to have your makeup all beat and your eyebrows on fleek and all the rest of it, and you look the part, then they're more likely to give you a pay rise than somebody who's just going to work really hard, but just be kind of low key. So it's it's a bit of a superficial kind of um, environment. Again, another one of my struggles, very superficial, but if you're going to apply, definitely negotiate, know what you're worth and just stick to it.
0: Now I know you did not move um, there with um, a spouse or children but would you have any advice based on your experience? Probably you've seen other people who have moved there with their spouse um, or children. Would you have any advice for people looking to move to um, the Bahamas who do have children um, and a spouse?
1: Um, I know a couple of people that were in my cohort that one moved with their spouse another one had the child with them um, I think it was it became more difficult for the, the partners who worked in the school because one had a different experience in the school than the other so one had a really positive experience in the school and one had quite a negative experience, so that became quite conflicting and, and created issues within their relationship so I think that if you are going to go with your partner, maybe it'd be easier if you don't work in the same school if you work in different industries I think it might be easier. It just gives you more to talk about for one. and um, you're both able to then integrate into different parts of the island itself or the country itself. So your experience as a teacher and I don't know he may be um, works in finance in a I don't know in a bank or something it just widens your opportunity and to, to know people and widens your opportunity and growth within the actual um, country itself. With children, I mean, obviously, I can only speak on from the perspective as a teacher. Mm-hmm. I know that it was a real struggle for my friend who had her child attend the school that she was teaching at because obviously you're conflicted because you're from the perspective of I'm a teacher here, but my son is also being schooled here and I don't like the way you're doing certain things. So that in itself was difficult. So depending on what age your child is and depending on what their needs are, it's really important that you research the best sort of um, institution for your child because it may not necessarily, if you're a teacher, be the school that you are teaching at. And of course, you're going to be um, probably more willing or more inclined to have your child attend the school that you're at because of the the newness of what you're both going through, but sometimes you may have to sort of cut the apron strings a little bit and just say, "Okay, I'm going to teach here, but this school's actually better for my child." So I would again just research the, the institutions that are available and the facilities, um, the extra programs, the educational system. So some most Caribbean islands or most places can do IGCSEs rather than doing the qualification that is specific to that country. If you get your child into an international school, that's probably the best thing because it just means that it opens up more for them when they finish school. So if your child is at school, um, school age, I would recommend going to an international school that either does IGCSEs or interla- international baccalaureate Because it just opens up and it gives them the accessibility to move on easier should they leave that particular country and decide to go somewhere else.
0: Um, You know, is there, I know some countries, um, if you're, um, as part of your contract, they often offer you free places um, at the school for your child. Is that something that um, they offer in the Bahamas?
1: the school that I was at, no. You weren't offered a free place. From what I remember, you were offered a discounted fees, I think. So you offered discounted fees. Not necessarily a free place, I don't think. But some countries do offer free places and some will offer discounted. So it all just depends on the destination that you're going to and the school that you're going to.
0: (laughs) Okay. So we are approaching the end of our interview. And, um, so my next question is, what is
1: your biggest regret, If any, Um, I'm not a person that has regrets. I have to say, I'm, I'm not a person that, that have regrets at all. I think the only regret that I have about my whole time being there is I left without telling a lot of people that I weren't coming back and I regret not being able to say goodbye to those people who were good to me. And I regret not saying goodbye to my children, you know, my 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 students. I really regret not being able to say goodbye to them. So that would be my only regret. You know, even with the good and the bad experiences, I have no regrets of going there at all. I have no regrets at the school that I chose. I just regret not being able to say goodbye to the people that meant the most to me.
0: Okay, so what was your most memorable moment?
1: Gosh, I've got a bad memory. Do you know what? I think my most memorable moment was birthdays are big for me, okay? Christmas, all those things are not that big, but birthdays are big for me. And being away from my friends and family was hard. It was hard, my birthday not being there. And, you know, mummy still sang happy birthday and all the rest of it over the phone. And I had presents and things, but my students knew it was my birthday and I walked in and they had a birthday party for me we had cake we had a big card we had singing it was the most amazing I still have the card now that they they gave me I still have you know pictures on my phone so for, for me that was probably the most memorable time for me and a really memorable birthday it was just such a lovely birthday that these students you know homemade cupcakes and it was just really lovely it was a really really lovely day and like I said birthdays mean a lot to me and the fact that my students hadn't known me very well my birthday's in March I'd started the school in August and these students went out of their way to sort of do this big birthday for me and the fact that they remembered and they took their time out um and I had my form room um it, was, it felt like it went on for the whole day so the minute I got there to do registration in the morning I was you know there was balloons there was happy birthdays and it felt like every class that I taught after that was the same sort of repeat of everything so that was probably my mem- most memorable day in the whole time that I was there.
0: Okay my final question um is yeah. you have said that you would do this again um where would be your next move where have you got eyes on where would you want to be and where would you want to go where would be your next adventure
1: my next adventure is going to be Antigua. There I you do not know if it. when another caribbean island another one another small caribbean island as well actually um But Antigua has always been my first choice, to be honest with you, just that there weren't any jobs there. There's only a couple of international um, schools on the island. Um, But I'm going to, I'm just going to take a chance, just going to take a chance. It may not be a job for me, but for me, it's one of the islands that I visited, that I have visited numerous times, and it just feels like home to me. And whether or not I end up teaching there or end up doing something slightly different, that is going to be my next adventure. Definitely. Oh. I so watched this space.
0: Ah, yeah, Hero, look out, look out. Here I come. Yeah.
1: <laughs> absolutely. You know,
0: <laughs> I, I love it. I absolutely love it. I do believe, um, as you said earlier, I, I agree with you that, you know, they say the world is your oyster. Um, and I think people, you know, should not restrict themselves Um, to just being in one place. And again, teaching overseas or working overseas is not for everyone. Um, And also, I know I joked earlier about, um, you know, the Bahamas coming for you, but this is your experience and you're living your truth. And also there are people who have had a different experience. As you said, you have your friend who, you went out there in the same cohort and she's still there she's still enjoying it please Bahamas do not come for my friend um
1: Alicia <laughs> yeah please don't come for me please I haven't been back yet but I will go back eventually I will go back but I haven't please been back yet since I left.
0: Bahamas you know as you said you know you always see these nice beaches and stuff like that and my aunt has been there and she loves it um on holiday you know, and always when you visit somewhere on holiday and when you live there, mm-hmm. completely two different things, you know. So thank you so Definitely. much.
1: I, can I just say one last thing? Yes. I also do think that I think it's important. That, I mean, I probably didn't give myself enough time to adjust, um, but I know me. I know my character and I know that once I get to a point where I've had enough, I've had enough, I leave. Give yourself time. If you're going to do it, give yourself, I would say, a minimum of two to three years to make the adjustments, depending on where you're going, because you have to adjust to all the different things. And if you leave before you've experienced a sort of a range of things, you may be doing yourself a disservice of not giving yourself the opportunity to to enjoy where you are. Now, it's a bit contradictory for me because I left slightly earlier than I should have left, a year earlier than I should have left. But for me, I felt that I had learned everything that I could possibly learn. I know my character and I know that it would would have taken a lot for me to continue my journey on in that particular place. Because the key thing that I felt that I weren't getting there or that I struggled with was my sense of freedom and safety. And the fact that I didn't feel free to come and go as I pleased and I didn't feel safe, that was the sort of deal breaker for me, which is why I decided to leave. But somebody else may have seen beyond, sort of beyond that. And obviously, my friends that are still there, they're still safe and they're still living life. So it's all down to the individual, but just give yourself time. Give yourself time to experience a range of things over a, um, maybe two to three years before you decide to maybe chucking the towel at me and just say, I've had enough. So yeah, I would say that. That was my last bit.
0: Thank you so much for um, agreeing to, to join us. Um, thank you for your honest um, answers and um, thanks for sharing um, your experience Um, both the positive and the negative and I hope that the information that you've shared will help someone um, in one way um, or another in helping them to decide whether or not going abroad is something that they would like to do thank you so much Miss Alicia you're so welcome Olivia thank you very much